It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. But, you know, still, he's yakless. Oh, he's the yakless wonder. He is. My God. Good job, Zach Ertz, baby. Love it. Ertzy, babe. Ertzy, babe. Whether it's the fight in Bills, the Birds, the Fly Guys, the Process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. God damn it, I love Chase Sutton. And John Mita. Harry Williams, do me a favor. For one week, can I not talk about you? Good news, Johnny Mita. You don't ever have to talk about Kerry Williams anymore, my friend. Woo! Thank God. I think he's uh, still picking out candle scouts somewhere in the offseason. Never is, to be heard from again. It Thank is the, the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BelovePodcast. Joe O'Donnell here, Central Iowa. John Mita there, sort of, in Florida. What's up, brother? North Miami, baby. Yeah, I uh, had the opportunity to come down here for a couple days. I got to tell you, Jeff, the weather's looking real promising down here right now. About 65 degrees at night, 83 degrees during the day. No apologies here, man. It's great to bring the podcast. My my partner in crime, Brian O'Grady, who, who, who you know. Yeah, and, uh, he's a big supporter of the BL podcast. He's a big support. He's down at the uh, piano bar, probably sipping on some turning martinis right now. So. All right. Well, we won't keep you too long. Can't keep your guest waiting. Can't keep him waiting. We we got a lot to get to, my brother. We do. We got to get after it. We do. For sure. And I want to lead with this because I I don't know if you saw this story. All right. I don't think it's breaking news, but I'm not sure if you saw this. But the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Believe it or not, I think I just read that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could talk about. The Eagles winning the freaking Super Bowl. Every podcast told I'm dead. I couldn't agree with you more. I kind of got into a little disagreement with my lovely wife who let me come on this beautiful trip. She Is that like, because you, you, you want to keep watching the game on replay and she won't let you? She's like, uh, well, John, you know, you were at the Super Bowl. I'm glad they won, but um, it's over. And I'm like, eh, it's not really over. It's over. <laughs> I'm still looking at all the merchandise that I want to uh, buy. And, I love oh, it. God. Hey, I love listen, it. man. It's going to be like that. I, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm showing pictures to everyone. Yeah. yeah. I was there. Here. This is where I sat. I mean, I just, yeah, I love it, man. I, I can't stop talking about it. I, I don't give a crap. Me neither. Wanna, you know. Me neither. I mean, if people don't want to talk, whatever. You know what? You know, just, let's have, let's, from now on, let's make this tradition. At least until sure. the next season starts, every podcast we should just mention the Eagles won the Super Bowl and we can gloat for a bit. Why not? I think we deserve that after what? The starving fan base yeah. being pissed off because they don't eat breakfast? So we Absolutely. do we do have a lot to get into and a lot of it's positive talk in the city of brotherly love sports wise. I don't know how this is possible, but here we are in uh about to hit March. Uh by the time this thing airs, probably March one, March two and Boy, we got a lot of a lot of sports teams that are hot right now. We got the Flyers that climbed from fire the coach to rebuild to blow the whole thing up into the other night first place, and the Caps won and they jumped past them. But the Philadelphia Flyers won six in a row. The Philadelphia 76ers were red hot until a setback the other night. Villanova Wildcats are top five in the nation. The Philadelphia Phillies have kicked off spring training, and everybody has hope in spring training for crying out loud. So. Uh, where do you want to start, Johnny Mead? A lot of good stuff to get into. We got to talk your realm, brother. We right. have to talk your industry. 
I want you to lead it off and, and let's let's talk some Philadelphia Flyers because right now in their record thirty four nineteen and we're we're talking about a team here that had a ten game losing streak this season, not last season, this season. Yeah. And they have turned things around and they've had great contributions. I mean for me, Joe, like one of the biggest pieces right now is, is the play of Travis Connecting. Yeah. Second year guy. He's been incredible. I mean 15 goals, what does he have, 15 goals, 19 assists, and, you know, the the young defense and, you know, the ghost and Proverall. I mean, there's so many guys just having career years. Yeah, Couturier. It's incredible, yeah. and and you got to talk about the other thing is, too, you look at, you know, what the Eagles had to, you know, the adversity that they had to go through as far as, you know, losing crucial components to their team, but finding ways to keep winning, which is amazing. Like, yeah. The Flyers have suffered some injuries, particularly at the goaltender spot. Uh, Brian Elliott goes down, then they had, you know, Michael Neuvers, who just can't find a way to stay healthy, and then they had to go out and make a move and pick up uh, Peter Morazic, who's been remarkable so far with a, you know, three oh one one point three oh goals against average. So, hey, what are your thoughts on this team? Because, and the other thing, you know, what I like about this team, Joe, right now, well, I like what the general manager did, like. They're on a streak. People are playing well. And it's just to give you a quote, and, and this, this is a term that I beat a dead horse with the Eagles. But and this is a quote from Dave Hacks. He said, chemistry is a big part of this game. And I, 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 I couldn't agree with him more. And I think you're starting to see that. I think these teams have kind of looked at the, the type of chemistry that the Eagles had. I don't know what it, what's in the air, but they were on a streak, both teams, both the Sixers and the Flyers, like, didn't lose a game of regulation for like three weeks. It was incredible. Yeah, but. after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you're right. It was a pretty, it was a pretty unreal stretch. I mean, every day you're waking up, you're checking the scores. If you didn't, you know, watch the whole game, it's like, oh, well, Flyers won. You know, Sixers won. Um, was that was that chemistry quote from Hackstall or Hextall? It was in Philadelphia Inquirer. I don't know. I could be wrong. Was it Hextall? I don't know. I was no, honestly I, I, just I, asking I, I, because I, they, I, I get them confused at times because of their damn laugh. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, was it Dave or Ron? No, was I'm it the good. coach or GM? But no, you're right, man. Yeah. Chemistry is huge, especially hockey. All right. And, and maybe, obviously, you could say that with any sport. Oh, you got to have good chemistry. But hockey, if that locker room's not tight, forget about it, dude. You've got no chance. And you bring up the fact they've had some injuries. You know, my boy, Black Jesus, Wayne Simmons, out. They don't miss a beat. You lose both your goaltenders. And, and I read today, Brian Elliott's like three weeks away from coming back. Michael Neuver's another 10 days after that. Uh, you have Alex Lyon, the young kid, and you go out and trade for Morazic. You didn't have to give up a lot. Detroit's not in a playoff spot. They have a young goaltender in their system, Jared Coro, who's gotten a little taste of the NHL the last couple of years, but not much. Um, so you have Jimmy Howard and Peter Morazic in Detroit. You want to get Coro some games, so it's the best way to do it. Ship Morazic out of town. And again, Detroit going into action here in late February, probably not going to be a playoff team. So they were looking to move Mrazek, and the Flyers didn't have to pay a King's ransom to get him. They got him a week or so before the deadline. The timing could not have been better. And Mrazek's a guy that's won a Calder Cup at the AHL level. He has international experience. He's obviously got a few years in the NHL under his belt, and he can certainly bide you some time, if not steal you a bunch of games or be your guy down the stretch. I mean, we've seen this before. Goaltenders change teams, or you, you know, essentially you go to the backup quarterback, if you will. The guy's hot, you can ride him. So certainly it's Brian Elliott's net when he comes back. But if Peter Morazic plays well, 
you know, there's certainly an opportunity there, I think, for him down the stretch to play meaningful games for the Flyers. I've said this before on this podcast. I don't get a ton of time to sit and watch three periods of Flyers hockey. I did watch some of their shootout win the other night. That's right, John Mita. They won a shootout uh, where Morazic was perfect. Yeah, a shootout. Have you heard of those things? The Flyers actually won one. Um, they're now two and five in shootouts this year. But hey, it was a it was a great win. It was a team win. And I'll say this: a lot of Philadelphia jumped off the Claude Drew bandwagon, and I was one of them because I didn't see the the work ethic, I didn't see the compete level. The points weren't there the last few years. He was dropping points-wise. Could he bounce back? Could he lead by example? He's doing that, man. He is playing with confidence, and I think that's a big part of it. He's probably healthier than he's been in seasons past. Don't discount that. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's not a dummy, all right? Claude Giroux heard what was being said. They heard he wasn't a top you know, franchise player anymore. He's seen what Voracek has done lately, posting these gaudy numbers. He sees Wayne Simmons taking on bigger role leadership-wise with the team. I'm spitballing here a bit, but I'm sure all these things factor in to Claude Drew's offseason, his habits, his workouts, and he's translating it onto the ice now. And as he goes, the Flyers tend to go. So it's great to see him having the success. You mentioned the young defenseman. Their, their talent pool is so deep at that level. You look at the American Hockey League standings, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms continue to win. It's not a surprise. When you have a good farm team, you can bring up those guys to supplement your organization at the NHL level when you need it. And winning at both levels is huge for development, and it gives the Flyers a chance down the stretch. They're going to be a team that the cliche nobody wants to play in the first round. It's going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. And that was when they were a wild card team making a push. Now they're... <laughs> They're battling for the division. They could be the one seed when it's all said and done. I mean, I know they have a you know ten points behind Tampa Bay, whatever, but they could be the division winner. There's no reason they can't win the Metropolitan right now with uh, the Penguins and the and the Caps right there neck and neck with them. So I think it's outstanding. We all know that in the spring, you've got Philadelphia loves to become a hockey town, and that place. I think the city's going to be absolutely delirious this spring. And kind of playing with house money as a fan base, right? There's no more. I know the Stanley Cup hasn't been there since 1975, but you don't have this like, oh, we just we need another title. Like the Eagles, the Eagles bought every team in the city like another half decade before people start panicking again. So I think the crowd, the fan base is just going to be jacked up. This team's going to make the playoffs. wasn't sure if that was the case of you know six eight weeks ago when they were floundering, and now look at them. I mean, they're going to be a team that's going to give you fits. Because they've got some youth, they've got some skill and some speed, and if they get any type of goaltending down the stretch from Razak or Elliott when he gets healthy, they're going to be a hell of a tough out in the playoffs. And they're just getting hot at the right time. You know what I mean? They're yeah. really starting to come together, and you know they get a couple of people back from injuries. You know, especially the goaltender. They get your boy Black Jesus back in the fold with some of these young guys. I mean, it's 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 exciting. I mean, it's. The good thing is, like, you look at these two winter sport teams, when I say that in Punk Mountain, obviously, Sixers and the Flyers, it's just that, you know, there's a lot of youth on these teams, which means, which, I mean, to me, translates that there's going to be some good, good Philly sports in the winter for for years to come, and that's awesome, and we can't wait for it. Trust the process, baby. Let's talk Sixers basketball, five games above 500. Seventh yeah. seed right now in the Eastern Conference. They have dropped two in a row. Uh, I think yep. at the start of the year, you had them winning. 
you know, somewhere in the 37-38 game range, if I'm right. They got 32 right now. Are they playing above expectations? How do you see the Sixers uh, the last couple of weeks? Well, I, th- I think my original prediction was around, uh, I think I said 43 games. I thought they okay. could be like a couple games over 500 just because, you know, with a healthy Ben Simmons. and You're right. You, I think you did have them a couple games above 500, yeah. which, would, which would put them more right. in that range. For some reason, I thought um, yeah. you're know, an 80-game season. So, yeah. If you look at them, I mean, it's it, the other amazing thing is, listen, for all the games that Joel Embiid has set out, you know, let's just say you take half of many plays and they probably win five more games. Yeah. You know, and they'd be tapping right on the, you know, the two or three seed in the East. Right now they're the seventh seed. You know, they're making great signs. They they just picked up, a, you know, a shooter, Euro, Marco Bellinelli. They've also... Um, they just made a move today. They they actually waived Trevor Booker and they picked up Ersana Lustova, who had a great, you know, he was on the team two years ago and he had great chemistry with Joel Embiid. Was able to space the floor and knock down the triple. And they're playing a lot better. You know, the the key for them is they just got to stop turning the freaking ball over. It drives me nuts some of the turnovers they're making. Robert Covington, he's kind of in a little bit of a slide, but they're playing better team defense, and I think that's. If we really want to talk some Sixers, let's get to the big news of what's going on. So I'm sure everybody in the Delaware Valley might have heard this or seen it on the news. I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a Philadelphia company, I think it's like Power Power Windows and something from Chester County. They purchased three billboards outside of Cleveland, Ohio, you know, basically recruiting LeBron James. You know, one of them said, complete the process. Not another one had the jerseys and LeBron and, LeBron come to Philly, and you know, they asked LeBron James about the possibility of you know going somewhere else, and he just said that it was flattering. He thought it was dope, and that you know he never. It, it's funny how he just didn't come out and say one hundred percent. He never came out and said, "Well, I'm a Cleveland Cavalier right now." You know, I'll, well, we'll address things. In, you know, he just he's like he, he. I think he was kind of wooed by it, which is an amazing possibility. And people are talking about that's the biggest sweepstakes, right? So when LeBron became a free agent the first time in Cleveland, you know, where's it going to go? The big decision. But I think there is greater than a, a five-to-one chance that he ends up signing Philly. Wow. I know it sounds crazy. I really – but if you look at it, you look at the teams. Like, people are talking, all right, L.A. Like, who would you rather play with? Lonzo Ball and, and, and those, Kyle Kuzma and, and Josh Hart and those guys on the Lakers? Or would you rather play with – Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. All right, but does hang on, John guys. Mita? But does it come down to that for for LeBron James? Because look at his, look at the yeah, slop at, he's played with for years. Okay, and I know yeah. in Miami it was different, and I know he's had big time influence on their roster recently in Cleveland. But early on, LeBron James played with a bunch of garbage. So I don't know Rich. that does he care about playing with the best he, players? No, I think listen, he wants he can't stand the Golden State Warriors. He can It eats him alive. There was talks that he was going to possibly join Houston. Now here's the other: how can they fit him in money? You know, somewhere like well, Houston. there's not enough basketballs I, to go around on that team. Well, I mean, right again, that's what I mean. There'd be plenty of basketballs to go around in Philadelphia. You know, he could have as many as he wants. I'll get him whatever he needs. Obviously, <laughs> no. But on a serious note, I, I mean, I look at it as number one: we have the money. Number two. We have the talent. And number three, you look at the Eastern Conference, right? Your goal is to win championships, and that's clearly his goal. 
So do you have a better chance in doing it in the Eastern Conference when you have, what, maybe two strong teams right now, Boston and Toronto? They're the strongest teams in the Eastern Conference yeah. right now. Yep. Like, he goes to the Sixers, they're automatically a contender. They signed some other free agent, God knows. I mean, just put them in the NBA Finals. I'm dead serious. Like, that's what they need. That's what this process is all about. You know, drafting some talented young players in the top five and then, you know, stashing enough money because nobody's contract's up yet and then signing one of these marquee free agents. And the other news is LeBron was checking out Malvern. No, come on. Come on. Yes, he was. It's been widely reported. Yeah, widely reported and shot down by reputable sources. I mean, I'm not buying this. There's no way LeBron James is that dumb, okay? He's just not that dumb. For a guy that deals with as much uh, banter and uh, hearsay and rumors, and and he's always, if you didn't hear from me, it ain't true. And his people are talking, and sources say this. For as much as he deals with on a regular basis there as the game's top superstar, and he deals with it a lot, whether it's he's unhappy, he doesn't like the coach, he helped fire the coach, he helped make these moves in the offseason – there's always talk about LeBron James, and he hates it, or at least he says he hates it. I just can't see any way that he would be there in person at Malvern freaking prep, you know, walking around where any Joe Schmo can spot him. And on top of that, take it for what it's worth, crossing broad, reputable source as far as Philly sports media goes, at least in my opinion. He flat out blasted it, said it wasn't true. He got a note or a, a Facebook post from a professor, a longtime person at Malvern Prep, said, not true. LeBron James has never stepped foot here. Not true. So I'm not buying it. All right. All right. All right. All right. What do you mean, all okay. right? What do you got? That's all you got? That's all I got. I just <laughs> You just want to buy the hype, is, man. You want to believe that no, he wants to come to Philly. I know he's vetting other cities. So, all right. You know, and his son needs to play ball somewhere. So all right. why not? One of those great schools out there. What no, about what's wrong with Lower Marion and Kobe's? Kobe's a lot, uh, nah. huh? Yeah, no Lower Marion yeah. ball well, for him. Nah, for nah, Lebron nah, Junior. Nah. Bron Bron the nah. third. Nah, nah, because because his son's gonna make his name somewhere. Yeah, and it ain't gonna be in Kobe's house. That's yeah. for sure. One final thing on Lebron and, and the Sixers and whatnot. You know there is Lebron is very and if you've watched, he's hit some milestones recently. Um, youngest to, I don't know, 30,000 points, now first guy ever to like 7 million assists and 400,000 rebounds, and and he and he's always pumping his own tires. I heard Colin Cowherd talking about this today. Like, he's on Instagram, and Colin Cowherd show was, was like poking fun at him. Like, he's pumping his own tires. It's like, look how great I am. What an accomplishment, man. I put in so much energy to get there. I guess part of me is like, if he's that vain at times, or he needs that much love, or he needs to be reinforced about how great he is, maybe billboards purchased by some Philadelphia company in Cleveland is the way to go. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but if he's that, if he's that uh, vain, if he needs that much reinforcement and love from the outside world to tell him that he's the goat, then maybe you do have to woo him to town. Maybe you do have to roll out the red carpet for the guy and tell him that, hey, Philly's a big market, and we're gonna love you back. We know the Sixers ownership, you know, and said that this Chester County group paid for these uh, billboards. How do we know it wasn't the ownership of the Sixers? Josh Harrison. Those I'm guys, surprised the Cleveland you know, ad company took their money. Thousand. Hey, money's money, baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. If it's green, I don't think they care. But 
I think it's awesome. I mean, it's just that's an amazing thing that that company did. I think it's great. I mean, they think that we have. I mean, they just said we have a great city. It's a great sports out. I mean, can you imagine that place? You wouldn't be able to get a seat in the building next year if that guy comes or any down. year, for that matter. Well, that's true. That's true. Any Markel well, Fultz updates it, it, for us here on the Brotherly uh, Love podcast? Jesus. Well. I saw him. Uh, he, hey, he was hitting a few jumpers the other day. Watch the quick little internet video. Jumpers, the jumpers uh, coming less, along. The J. A little, little less hitch in that giddy up. I mean, if anybody can help him, maybe LeBron can can, <laughs> can, can help him shoot again. I, I mean, I, listen, I, here's my stance on it, okay? I don't care what anyone says, all right? This, this is my stance, and I'm going to be very clear with this, okay? The 76ers medical staff botched this one. I don't care what anyone says. You can call me whatever you want, okay? I know this is mental, too, with him, okay? There's no question about it. Confidence when it comes to shooting, it, it, it's a big factor. I think it's definitely a combination, but I think it all started with the damn Sixers medical staff who, let's just say, they're, have been less than stellar, and they would probably not have me in their building if they knew what I was talking about about them. But here's my stance on Mark Fultz, okay? I refuse to think that this kid's going to be a bust. People are like, he's a bust. Dude, the kid is 19 years old, okay? I'm sorry. You can relearn how to shoot a basketball, okay? It's not like he's got to relearn how to run, okay? Or jump, for that matter, okay? It's shooting. You can do it, you know? I'm sorry. He's going to be fine. I don't care what anyone says. You can't label him a bust for another two to three years. I hear you, okay? and, I'll, he, and I'll agree with you, you because, of, because of this. And I'm trying to, again, oftentimes in sports – it's overreaction Monday. It's push the panic button Tuesday. It's I mean, that's the world we live in, okay? You look at just in Philadelphia in the last couple of years. Marcus Smith, that guy's a bust. Brandon Graham, we wrote off. The entire city wrote him off. Clearly not a bust, yeah. all right? You look even more recently with the Philadelphia Eagles. Nelson Aguilar, I would have driven him to Newark to fly out of town if he needed to, you know, be in being taken out of town obviously turned his season and career around Nolan Patrick number two overall pick started his pro career hurt is he too soft is he too uh is he is he you know the old glass body he's just he's banged up he's been hurting juniors he wasn't getting a lot of ice time he wasn't playing a lot now look at him regular contributor to Flyers one of the best teams in hockey right now so quickly we want to write guys off there's peaks and valleys in life peaks and valleys in sports Markel Fultz has played like four games in his life. By no means. Yeah. I mean, there's part of me that fears maybe they got it wrong. Everything we read about this guy, his work ethic, his character, his AAU coaches swear by him. This kid's not a bad kid. Is he mentally a bit fragile right now? Yeah. But when he gets back on the court and they start balling as a group, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to be a big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Well, I, I've also read a report, too, is that him and his, I guess, like his trainer, his confidant, like, they tried to, like, quicken his release a little bit. So they, they tried to, which, I don't know why you just alter it. You know, as ugly as Lonzo Ball shot is, like, you know, if that's your shot, that's your shot. Just go in there and shoot 3,000 a day, and hopefully you'll improve your percentage. But there's no way in my mind that this kid is. I can't write him off. Here, here, I'll give you two examples, right, of guys that were very young kids, okay? And Marco Fultz played one year in college. It's almost the equivalent to coming out of high school when you think about it. Yeah. You know, and he didn't even play a full season at the University of Washington. But two guys for me to come to mind, and they were both kids that came out of high school. One guy, Jermaine O'Neal, okay? Jermaine O'Neal came out of high school, 
and he struggled in Portland for years. Okay, it took him three to four years to get acclimated to the game, and then he became a perennial all-star with the Indiana Pacers and a very good basketball player. Another guy. Look at the guy that the Sixers drafted out of high school. Lou Williams, right? Lou Williams' first year, like, oh, my God, they took him. You know, he had some nice games here and there. And then now, you know, he's obviously the best six man in the entire NBA. And, he, you know, he could pretty much start for 28 out of 32 NBA teams probably. So, I, I just just give this kid some time. That's all I'm saying. Like, you can't make it – listen, anybody knows, you know, first-round draft picks not playing their first year. I mean, it's the city of Philadelphia. So, yeah. I say give this kid a little rope. The kid has work ethic. It's not like he's not going to bust his ass. You know, he knows what's at stake here. And I'm just sorry. I never saw him shoot like that in college. He never had a hitch. I don't know where that's coming from, but I think eventually he's going to find a way to get a fix. And like you said, I think he is going to be a part of the puzzle for sure. Let's stay on the hardwood. Villanova Wildcats have had yeah. a few setbacks. They're turning the ball yep. over way too much. I try. I watch more Nova hoops than any other hoops on the planet, and that's uh, something I know that's sweet music to your ears, but um, I'll be tuning in tomorrow again on Fox Sports 1 or whatever channel they're on. I'm now up, they're I'm playing up. right now, man. Oh, it's tonight? They're playing the hall. Oh, it's tonight. tonight. They're at halftime, 24-18 at the half. We got to wrap this. The- they only gave up 18 points? 18 at the half, yeah. Man. Exactly. All right, well, I, I, let's wrap this damn thing up, man. I'm get. I need my Nova fix. I'm gonna right. start itching here in the all studio. Right. Take all me right. through it. What are you Don't seeing from the Wildcats going to the Big East right. tourney? Real quick, you know, tough loss over the weekend. You know, the jet, the referees. I'm sorry, we're smoking grass in that game. I don't care what anyone. What says. kind? Well, I don't know, but I mean, they were <laughs> they, they called this flagrant foul full boot. Yeah, it was terrible. Was totally question. It was just anyway. All right, but you know, with the Wildcats, you know, they've had the wrist epidemic. Three guys injured right now. Injuries have forced you know some of the younger players to get their feet wet and get some valuable playing experience, which I think is going to be crucial when it comes down to the tournament. I agree. I won't Jail- cut you off for one second. All right. Sure. I couldn't agree more because you know who I like come tournament time. Archie two point yeah. Colin Gillespie. Boom. Ah, boom. Deebers loving some Colin Gillespie. I just got the text. Jalen Brunson, hands down player of the year. Yeah. I say more. Book it. Okay, but here here are my five keys to a deep tournament run. Okay. All right, number one, they have depth and experience. You know, they've been there, done that. They play like nine guys. They get great guard play. They have great guard play between Brunson and DiVincenzo. And, you know, I don't know if you call him, you know, Mikhail Bridges. He's kind of like a shooting guard, so small forward. And, and they get tough front court play. They've been playing a lot better defense since the guys have gotten healthier. Phil Booth coming back. It's amazing the numbers. I don't know if you saw it, but it's like a 10-point-per-game difference when he's in the lineup. They shoot the three as good as anyone in the country. They average about 12 a game. And and one of the last factors for me, Joe, for their long run is coaching. I mean, Jay has done a masterful job in the last three years, four years coaching this team. And and the tournament's wide open this year, man. It is yeah, anybody for the take. Yep. This is the one year. Usually you have like a couple teams where you're like, all right, Kentucky will be there, or Kansas, or Duke, or you know some of these top Michigan things. State. Yeah, the, you don't, you can't State, handicap Ohio. this field. No, everybody's no, losing. No. Everybody in the top ten. It seems like hey, a top no, ten team hey, loses listen, every week. Listen, for all the St. Joe's people who listen, and there's not many of you, so you know, keep tuning in. I appreciate it. But you know, they took out Rhode Island last night. They were up thirty-five to sixteen. They beat Rhode Island last night by like thirty-seven points. So. It's been a wacky year in college, man. 
well, let's just stay with that theme. I know you won't talk about the NCAA scandal, paying of players. Well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll table that for another time. Okay. That's that's a big. We'll have to table that because I, I I got a lot. That's that's a big. It's disgusting. Big subject. It's disgusting. Is yeah. what it is. All right. So yeah. then, what for me? One final note on the Wildcats. Sure. I need sure. I need more from Eddie. Can I get more from Eddie Pascal? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, hey, can we can we get these guys to post up a little more and stop shooting some jumpers? You know, my God, Amen. they're so physically strong. When I'm talking about, you know, your boy is Shauna. Shauna loves to call him Pasquale, but you know, Omari Stelman. I mean, these guys need to take advantage of their size and strength on some of these weaker teams. And you just, hey, when the three balls clicking and you're hitting, great. But when you're struggling behind the arc, you got to go down to the weight room and get it done. And Jesus, even Jalen Brunson, he's been taking people. I love what he's doing. He's posting up like he thinks he's Michael Jordan. He's posting up, you know, whoever his man is, and he's taking them to school, which is a great thing. But I'm with you. Pascal's got to be huge. You know, he's always going to bring on the defensive end, but we need 15 points out of him and about 10 rebounds. He's got to get his rebounding up. If you look at his average on the year, I think he's only at five or six. He's got to tune that up. I know you wanted to talk about the combine. Bring it. Yeah. They also called, you know, the AK, the Underwear Olympics. And for those who don't know, they basically invite 280 college football players to get invited to showcase their skills, all their measurables for NFL coaches, scouts, and general managers. You know, the big thing that people don't realize is how much NFL business gets done at this type of meeting as well. Not only are they there to look at the young kids, you know, the upcoming prospects, but, you know, they're discussing free agency, they're talking trades. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, how he's a wheeler and a dealer. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds a trade partner and deals Vinny Curry in the offseason. They're going to reward Brandon Graham with a, a well-deserved extension. So look for that, maybe to go down at some point. Um, but the three-step process, they measure these guys. They, they get medical examinations, drug testing. Then it's the interview process, which people hate because it's like getting interrogated, you know, by the CIA. And then the third thing they do is weightlifting, fake testing, and they do on-the-field drills. But real quick, I'm just going to give you some names for all the Eagles fans to keep their eyes on. I love it. Early Offense. early, early scouting work from Johnny Meter. Uh, 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 no doubt. You know, I'm a total, absolute nerd. Yep, I'm that weirdo guy following all these guys. <laughs> but number one, Connor Williams, offensive tackle, University of Texas. Guy, he's a complete animal, has great feet, big hands, he's a stud. Another guy I look at in the ladder round is Colton Miller. He's another tackle. How good the Eagles offensive line play this year? Hey, why not keep the depth going on that side of the ball? The game is one in the trenches. Two guys to keep your eye out. For me, I know this is crazy because we have a good number one wide receiver, Alshon Jeffrey, but you know, with Torrey Smith and his status unknown, and you'd like to keep Nelson Aguilar in the slot, for me, that means you need a number two wide receiver. And a guy that I absolutely love is Anthony Miller from the University of Memphis. If you have not seen this kid, you need to go on YouTube right now and look his highlights up. Because to me, he's very comparable to a guy like Antonio Brown. You know, he's got good speed, great route running, good hands. The guy is a stud. I would love to see the Eagles make a play for him. Another receiver to keep your eye out is James Washington from Oklahoma State. He's got that deep threat, you know, speed. He's kind of a smaller guy, though. And then the other position that we're going to have to look at here, two people, is linebackers. And the reason why I say that, you got the uncertainty of Jordan Hicks coming back from a torn Achilles tendon. Nigel Bradham needs to be re-signed in the offseason. You don't know what's going to go on there. 
Michael Kendricks has a big high cap number. So two guys I would look at are Rashad Evans from Alabama. And I think the guy's name is Tyler Vandenesh from Boise State. Apparently he is the second coming of Luke Keekley. You should know what's going on in Boise, Joe, since you live there. But apparently this guy's a beast. So Smurf turf. Couple guys, <laughs> yeah. So a couple guys to look forward to. And, uh, yeah, that's my combine synopsis. I love it. A little update on the soon-to-be underwear Olympics, as you called it. Good stuff, Johnny Mita. You're bringing the fire tonight, my friend. All right. Uh, we got we yeah, to spread the love, don't we? a couple drinks in, Joe. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. you should have told me I would have brought a 40 into the studio. Um, <laughs> time, to, time to spread the love. Oh, yeah. Get the feels oh, going. Get the feels going. Get the massage oil out. All right. I'm spreading the love. <laughs> spreading the love to some hockey folks. All right. A couple, couple of hockey teams. First up, the... Stoneman Douglas high school hockey team, right? Stoneman Douglas down in Florida, the horrific shooting. 14 classmate, uh, 14 students, 13 faculty members killed in that mass shooting. Just a terrible, horrific scene. And their high school hockey team basically came out of left field, underdog status, to win their high school tournament over the weekend. All right, they were the number four seed in a four-team state tournament, the statewide amateur hockey of Florida League. They went in with three losses in pool play. They had no business doing any damage there. They beat the top-seeded team, East Lake, 3-1 the semifinals, and they won the championship later that day against Tampa Jesuit 7-4. So Stoneman Douglas, high school team. Think about what those kids went through, folks. Think about it. And they used hockey as their escape. They bonded together as a group, and they rallied kind of on behalf of their fallen teammates. And afterwards, their quotes, they talked about just how badly they wanted to win just how much it was kind of a stress reliever for them. Everything those kids went through to play in a high school hockey tournament, you know, 11 days later, and basically be the underdogs and win the whole damn thing. I'm spreading the love down there to Stoneman Douglas High School hockey team. Uh, won the uh, state championship in Estero, Florida over the weekend. Well done, fellas. The other hockey spread the love. Other hockey theme spread the love. How about the U.S. women? Gold medal, baby, in South Korea beating their arch nemesis, arch rival Canada in the shootout after losing to them in the qualifying rounds, trailing in the game in the third period. They come back, South Korea, you know, you wait four years, those those ladies did, for another chance, another crack at Canada that won the last couple of gold medals, beating the U.S. It seemed like every time in a big gold medal game, and the U.S. women got it done. Jocelyn Lamoureux with a filthy move in the shootout to win it. And the U.S. women, gold medals hanging around their collective necks after the winter games in the women's hockey. So spreading the love to a couple of hockey teams, Stoneman Douglas High School and the U.S. Women's Olympic Club. Get my spread the love this week on the Brotherly Love Podcast. What do you got, Johnny Mead? Joe, nothing's going to compare to your spread the love, but my spread the love is got to go out to an ex-NFL football player, man. Got to give some love out to Charles Peanut Tillman. He has now become an FBI agent. Really? He said after retiring, that was going to be his goal. And they don't accept anybody over the age of 38 years old. And he got in one year early. And that is a tough-ass vetting process. You want to talk about clean living for the peanut man? You kidding me? You can't even smoke a cigarette trying to get into the FBI. Well, that guy did it. And I give mad kudos to the cause. So big up to Peanut, man. That's a great accomplishment. And, hey, we thank him for his service. That's amazing. Good job. I like that spread of love. A little off the beaten path, but I love it. 
Yeah, very strange. But, you know, I remember when he retired, he was like, I'm going to be an FBI agent. I'm like, but I know he was a very intelligent guy, very well-spoken, you know, but it's not easy. I have a family member of mine who is a FBI agent and what she went through, man, it's, it's grueling, brother. It's grueling. Before we wrap up the Brotherly Love podcast, I have a bit of an on-the-fly for you. All right? We can can both comment on this. But I wanted this to be in one of our podcasts, and I'm not waiting anymore. Here it comes. So let's just say for a moment, this could be already happening, could be in the works. If not, it should happen. Let's just say for a moment there's a football from Super Bowl 52 that ends up going to Canton, the Football Hall of Fame. And let's just say it's the football from the Philly Special. So I'm going to ask you this question, John Mita. Who should get to keep the game ball from the Philly special play? Is it A, Doug Peterson, B, Nick Foles, C, Trey Burton, D, Corey Clement, or E, the Hall of Fame? Who gets to keep the game ball from the Philly Wait. special play? And again, this there could, this might already be an answer. This could, it could be in somebody's, in somebody's memorabilia case. It could be on its way to Canton. I don't know. I don't know if it's been talked about, but I was just thinking about what a what a big play in Philadelphia sports history, in NFL Super Bowl history. Where's that game ball, and who deserves to keep it? Come on now. There's only one guy who deserves to keep it, the one that finished the play. The guy played out of his gourd, Nick Foles. Was he on the list? I don't even know your choice. Yeah, he was He was choice B. Peterson, Foles, Burton, Clement, or the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Exactly. Nah, Hall of Fame. They already got Foles' cleats up there for the seven touchdown. No. Philly special stays in Philly. Nick Foles, man. I love Nick it. Foles. I love your conviction. You know what? Here we go. Either that, you know what? Why don't you go put it at the Franklin Institute? <laughs> be displayed for years. How about that? Yeah, I love it. How about if we just deflate it a little bit and send it up the turnpike to those mass holes uh, in Boston? Uh, isn't it lovely that they we did a fake walkthrough? I love it. I, I keep thinking, I watched that game and I'm like, Man, Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick. They look lost, so didn't they? I know. They look so dumbfounded by what they were saying. It's like, Jesus, why didn't we have anybody take <laughs> these guys? We usually know what we're doing. I mean, honest to God, man. I I've never seen that group look that clueless. And what, what a thing of beauty. It was great. Sure. Hey, it's a good thing because the, the New England offense was getting theirs. It needed, oh, yeah, every, needed bad, every yard and every point from the from the Eagles offense that, uh, that evening. No doubt. All right, so we'll keep it in. We'll keep it in Philly. Philly special keep it game. In Philly. Philly, right to the Franklin Institute, brother. Right. You got it. Always a pleasure, my friend. Hey, man, another great time. And uh, all right, everybody, start lighting the candles at the local church. Just bring LeBron to Philly. Let's start it now. Let's do it. Why not us? Enjoy Miami. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be back probably in a couple of weeks. we got a lot of ice hockey games coming up here in Iowa. So we'll try and get back at you. Appreciate all the love and support. Please spread the love. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Love Podcast. Again, at Love Podcast. For John Mita, I am Joe O'Donnell. Till next time. See you.